Hey everyone, welcome to episode 89 of Poetry Says. My name's Alice, and today I want to talk to you about a form of poetry that I really love and make the case for it. I want to talk about the list poem. Now, if you've never heard of a list poem before, I want to try to give you a definition, but before I do, I want to qualify by saying that this is only my definition, and it's a definition that basically anyone could successfully challenge. But what I see as the most basic form of a list poem is a poem that uses the format of the kind of list that you could put together in Microsoft Word. So a numbered list, a bulleted list. And to add to that, I think probably each of the items in the list would be tied together by a common theme. And as a third part of that definition, I think I would say that you only want one thing to happen in each of your items. So point one, point two, point three in your list each only say one thing. So the reason I came to this idea of talking about list poems was I realized that I haven't really talked much on Poetry Says about Wallace Stevens, who is a poet that I, I really love. I love to do close readings of Stevens, ideally with other people to help me. I find his poetry to be extremely challenging and really satisfying when you get into it. And I thought, oh, well, I could talk about 13 ways of looking at a blackbird because that's a list poem. And then when I tried to tie it into the definition that I've just outlined, I realized maybe it isn't a list poem at all. I'll read you the first four sections and also the last one uh, of this poem because the last one is my favorite. So I just want to skip down to that. So have a listen to this and yeah, maybe think about, is this an actual list or is this just a collection of smaller poems? 13 ways of looking at a blackbird. One, among 20 snowy mountains, the only moving thing was the eye of the blackbird. Two, I was of three minds, like a tree in which there are three blackbirds. Three, the blackbird whirled in the autumn winds. It was a small part of the pantomime. Four. A man and a woman are one. A man and a woman and a blackbird are one. And skipping down to number 13. It was evening all afternoon. It was snowing and it was going to snow. The blackbird sat in the cedar limbs. I think of that line, it was evening all afternoon, very often living in Melbourne. And I just think it's so perfect. It gives me such comfort on those really dark, dark afternoons where you just want it to be night already. So is that one poem? Is it many poems? I found a quote from Stevens uh, taken from his letters. And apparently he says of the Blackbird sequence, this group of poems is not meant to be a collection of epigrams or of ideas, but of sensations. So is it a list of sensations? Is it a group of sensations? Is it a sequence? It probably doesn't matter too much what it is. I just wanted to bring it in as an example of how quickly uh, a definition of a list poem breaks down. And as we get further into examples I want to share today, uh, the definition is going to get even more wild. So I suspect 
as readers and writers of poetry, there are people listening who really love list poems and those who really don't get behind them. And I can really see the perspective of each because after all, to write a list poem, you don't have to do anything particularly difficult in terms of structure. Uh, It's all right there for you in the name. There's no rhyme. There's no syllabic constraint. There is no need for any of the lines to do anything in relationship to one another. I suppose, in short, you could see them as a cop-out. But I think they present such an incredible opportunity to do really, really interesting work if you really set your mind to it. Because if you can come up with an interesting topic for your list to start with, and then if you can make the items in the list really, really interesting individually and also in the way that they bounce off one another, I think the list poem can be really, really exciting. And that's where the challenge of them comes in. Can you make each item interesting? Can every line stand on its own? And I think that's where they get really useful because in a poem without this kind of structure, there are those lines that when you're writing, you'll sometimes just tend to skip over and go, well, I've kind of got to have that there because I've got to get from point A to point C. So this line here is not that interesting, but it's it just has to be there. In a, a list poem, ideally, I think if you're writing a good one, you're going to cut that line because it's not doing the work that it needs to do. I mean, ideally, you're doing that all the time, but I think in a list poem, it's so obvious to you where your problems are. So why would you write one? What would be a reason to use this structure? I think they're incredibly useful in terms of looking at something from multiple perspectives, just as Stevens does in 13 Ways of Looking at a Blackbird. If you have a topic that you know has multiple sides to it, that's going to take a lot of unpacking and you want to include the various perspectives and voices that might be talking about that topic, the list poem is there for you as a a really useful and exciting form, I think. I think they're also an incredible space for expressing anger in poetry. Uh, If you really wanted to take someone down, you could write a killer list poem that just outlines all the reasons why this person or this thing is no good. And I suppose conversely, you could write a very beautiful love poem as a list poem. I think often the form they tend to take is a directive one, one where the speaker is talking to maybe to themselves or to the reader and telling them to do something. And here's where my definition starts to get really muddied because the poem that came to mind when I was thinking of that is Auden's Funeral Blues. I'm not sure whether this would meet your definition of a list poem. I'm not sure it meets mine either, but it did come to mind. Stop all the clocks. Cut off the telephone. Prevent the dog from barking with a juicy bone. Silence the pianos and with muffled drum bring out the coffin. Let the mourners come. Let airplanes circle moaning overhead, scribbling on the sky the message, he is dead. 
Put crepe bows round the white necks of the public doves. Let the traffic policemen wear black cotton gloves. He was my north, my south, my east and west, my working week and my Sunday rest, my noon, my midnight, my talk, my song. I thought that love would last forever. I was wrong. The stars are not wanted now. Put out every one. Pack up the moon and dismantle the sun. Pour away the ocean and sweep up the wood, for nothing now can come to any good. So there's no numbering and there are multiple things happening in each line there. So it doesn't work as a strict list poem, but he is, he is listing. He's definitely just giving these directives, telling people what to do. And in the third stanza, there's almost a list within a list with, he was my north, my south, my east, my west, my working week and my Sunday rest and the way it goes from there. So that was the example that came to mind, but again, possibly doesn't meet the definition. To share a funnier example of the list poem, I want to read a little bit from Morgan Parker's book, There Are More Beautiful Things Than Beyonce. I've probably mentioned this book at least once on the podcast. I hope I have. Uh, alongside Terence Hayes' American Sonnets for My Past and Future Assassin, this book is one of my favorites that I have picked up this year and I keep buying it for people because it's just so fun. So Morgan Parker has a poem in this book called 99 Problems and there are, it is a list poem, it is properly a list poem, it is a numbered list. Um, there are 99 items on the list although there are a few that uh, collect up numbers so she skips a few here. So I'll read I'll read a couple of sections from it so you can get a sense of what it's like, but I would really highly recommend you pick up the book because it's just so great. So this is from 99 Problems. 30. I wake up, not sure I want to. 31. I don't know how to explain every wish is an ice cube I swallow whole. 32. It is important for me to say I'm okay. 33 to 35. Fucked a white boy. 36 to 42, American history. 43, where are you from? 44, Prozac weight. 73, hangovers. 74, the Western concept of time. 75, food deserts. 76, James Franco. 77, okay, I drank too much. 78, again. It's really, really funny and devastating poem i just yeah i've read it plenty of times it's yeah just so much joy in that book and uh we can look to morgan parker as well for a fantastic subversion of 13 ways of looking at a blackbird it seems so obvious when you hear this uh, that it's incredible to me that it took until 2015 for this poem to be written but Morgan Parker has a poem that she wrote on a residency called 13 Ways of Looking at a Black Girl. And you can see the original document online with her, her handwritten notes. It's, uh, it's really fascinating the way that all these, these items are just all mixed up on the page. It's incredibly beautiful, actually. 
Um, just a few of them that jump out at me here. So Nicki Minaj, Wifey, Witch, Strong, Tragic, Bell Hooks, Felicia. There's no numbering here. Um, I have a feeling that this poem might have ended up with a formalized structure, but I can't, I can't seem to locate it. I just, it had it, I had it in the back of my mind as existing as a thing. Maybe I heard her read it on uh, the Commonplace podcast when she spoke to Rachel Zucker, but yeah, I can't locate it at the moment. I'll link to that episode though, because if you haven't heard it yet, it's really worth a listen. So something I haven't talked about yet in terms of the list poem is how important the title is. So the title of a list poem is really where the majority of the work is done. That's where you're going to get your reader's attention and that's where you set the theme. That's what's going to make the difference between an interesting list poem that has a lot of potential and a list poem that doesn't really go anywhere. And I was having a little look around on Cordite to see if I could find some examples. And there are two here that have been published this year that I think have fantastic and very funny titles. The first one here is by a writer called Eloise Grills. And this was published in uh, Cordite 86, the no theme issue from this year. And her list poem is called Reading a List of Celebrities who own islands as self-care. I mean, come on, that's like, that's all the work you need to do in the title. It's, yeah, it's just so great. This poem doesn't have a strict list structure either. It's not numbered, it doesn't have bullet points, but in the title, it states that it is a list. So I'm gonna count it. And then there's another poem here from Cordite this year that was published in the Difficult issue in August 2018 by James Waters and his title is Impossible Images or A List of Things I Can't Describe. And the way that title cancels itself out just really really tickles me. I love it. And James Waters has used dashes for the first section of this poem and then that falls away and it just becomes a matter of really short lines, sometimes one word lines. The majority of these have just one item per line and yeah, just using a little bit of indentation to kind of play with that list structure. So I wondered as I was thinking about Stevens and the list poem and trying to find Australian examples to use in this episode, I wondered if anyone had written a poem called 13 Ways of Looking at a Magpie. Turns out somebody has. A writer called Alex Selenich uh, wrote a poem that was published in what looks like an incredibly beautiful art book uh, published in 1998. And unfortunately, uh, unless I go to the NLA, I can't look at this book properly, but there are photographs of it online and you can kind of read the text, not all that well, but what it looks like is that Selenich has put each... uh, section or each item in the list on one page and the facing page is black. And the poem I'll leave you with here from this collection, uh, 13 Ways of Looking at a Magpie, is number four, which echoes directly Stephen's fourth list item. 
Four, the writer and reader are one. The writer, reader, and magpie are one.